Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 29 with our guest, Betsy Paik. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, welcome in to the studio. You are plugged directly into, you know, it's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. And you know, I am your host, Josh Carey. I am so excited for today's episode because our guest knows a thing or two about how our minds work. And that's always been something so fascinating to me, just getting in to our mind for better or worse and just figuring it all out. She is a master neuro-linguistic programming coach. That's NLP to you and me. She is also a certified emotional freedom technique. She, she is certified in emotional freedom technique, EFT, and is a certified hypnotherapist. What really cool, interesting things. Aside from all that, she's the author of several books and programs that help people make substantial changes in their lives and begin to live more full, happy lives. Let me ask you a question. Who in the world doesn't want all that? That's really the only thing I want in everything I do. And She's the one to help us master our subconscious so we can live the life we desire. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. Help me welcome right there. It's Betsy Paik. How's it going, Betsy? Hey there. Thanks for having me on. I love all of that. That got me very excited to meet myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hey, that's you. I'm glad know, that's that, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you're certified in all those things so I could actually say and mean those words. So I want to start peeling back some of these words because like I said, for, for as long as I can remember, especially at this point in my life, I, I love the, the inner workings of the mind and psychology and what it all means. You focus on, a, I guess, on the, the broad level, the subconscious, right? What is, tell me about our subconscious. What's there? Yeah, you know, so many times people want to make changes in their lives or they look at their lives and they're like, I wish this were different and this was different. But where they're operating from and where we're all operating from is our consciousness, which is about 5% of who we are which leaves 95% to the unconscious. And so as we're trying to do things and as we're trying to make changes, 
our subconscious is running almost like an app on your phone, just running in the background. And so it's all, if you're not making those two things work together, you're actually working against yourself. So as I teach people to use their subconscious, it's really to help them harness the power that they already have, but that has just been unknown to them. It's so, it's, it's like my mind is already, feels like it's inverting inside out and whatnot. So let me ask it this way. Is the subconscious something that we at a conscious level should and could get to a point where we observe in real time? Or is the subconscious revealed in the moments of our actions and decisions? I, I think the answer to that is both, yes. So it is revealed. That's how we can find out. If you want to know what your programming is, then look around at your life. If you want to have a bigger business and you look around at your life and you don't have the business that you want, there is something that's running underneath in the subconscious that's keeping you from that. Now, that is how you can notice. So I can notice those in my everyday life. And if I can harness the power of opening that connection, so that my conscious and my unconscious are communicating always, then I unleash, you know, it's like this master lock that opens, you know, and unleashes a whole different level of power that you, you didn't tap into before. So this has to do with things like if growing up, I was led to believe and told myself over and over again that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'll never amount to anything. And that implants into my subconscious, then I have to work to adjust that belief. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, or let's say, so most of our belief systems the things that have programmed our subconscious were programmed by the time we're about seven. So let's just say that your mother always told you that you were a really good person. And that was important to your family, right? That you were good people, right? At Christmas time, you donated to places and you volunteered, right? We're good people. But then you heard your dad also say things like, man, money's the root of all evil, right? That's one that we hear a lot. But it can be even more subtle than that. Somebody, your dad saying somebody is greedy. So then you get the idea in your head that if I have money, I'm not a good person. So consciously, you're going, I really want money. I want my business to be successful. But unconsciously, you have a belief, firstly, that I am a good person. And secondly, good people don't have money. So your belief systems are clashing in the background. So what can you do? I mean, you're, you're just constantly running that program unless you unearth it. So I think of it as grooves, right? Like, you know, when we had a record, I, and I'm dating myself a little bit, when you had a record player and you had the record and it has like the grooves on it, that will play and play and play and play and play until you lift it up and move it to something else. The great news is once you move it to something else, it'll play and play and play and play and play in the new spot. So if you've got this thing running and you look at your life and it's not how you want and you can unearth whatever it is, you really can get on a much better track and start living how you want to live. 
I love that analogy of the record player. Uh, and I want to go into in a moment of how we reprogram. And I like that you said that we have um, up until the age of seven is when everything is um, really planted into our subconscious. I have a five-year-old daughter and, um, you know, she's my everything, along with my three-year-old son, love them both equally, no favorites whatsoever. So my daughter is five, and, and I, I'm, I'm always very aware that, gosh, you know, I, how, how I'm raising her to be the best possible human being that I can allow her to be. And, and I'm, I'm always, tell me if this is enough, like, I, I'm, aside from everything I do, I'm always aware of verbally, positively telling her things that I believe will keep her up and happy. Like, you know, you're, you're so smart, you're so beautiful, you can do anything, I support you. Is that the way to begin that subconscious plant? Yeah, so kids, their brainwaves are at a different level. So for example, you and I right now are operating, our brainwaves are at beta. It's called beta, and that's when I'm just walking around conscious. I'm having thoughts. I'm making decisions and judgments about things. Kids operate constantly in a state that is accessing the subconscious. It's as if they are just a big video recorder. So they're operating in, in alpha and theta waves. That's why they're so tired all the time. Those are the waves we go into when we're falling asleep. So that's why kids take so many naps because their brain waves are in this super absorption state. Okay. So absolutely those things and telling her those things are going to make a difference. What would make a bigger difference is her watching you believe that about you because she's going to believe about herself what the people she cares about believe about themselves. So subconsciously, she has, she's connected to you. She almost at this point doesn't see a whole lot of difference. She's just learning to identify that she's a different human being than you are. So if you feel really good about yourself and you say, I did some really smart things today. Like I feel really good about my podcast today. I really offered some value to the world. Like she's going to see you do those things. When she sees you be active, and take care of your body, she's going to see that that's important. So all of those things. So yeah, kids are just huge sponges. It's really fun and also makes you realize like what a big, uh, you know, just this big heavy thing it can feel like because everything that you do is really being watched and recorded. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I never knew up until the handful of years ago since I became a father how much I would just adore the role of being a father. I'm real, you know, it, it, it has its um, downs as much as ups, but my goodness, just the day to day, it's just so much fun. I love it. And um, I had no idea going into it that it would be this amazing, as people say. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. See, that's great. And I'm sure you're doing a great job. One thing I always say, like if my daughter says, I have a 16 year old, she'll say stuff to me and she'll say, I don't know. I've always thought that. And I realize that it's uh, something I have implanted in her <laughs> that is not the most beneficial. 
I always just say, ah, I had to give you something for therapy, you know? <laughs> so it's okay. We do our best. <laughs> One of the things you have to your credit is uh, you're a master neurolinguistic programming coach, NLP. I always perk up when I hear those three letters. Um, and I'm never really sure what exactly it is. Help us understand the root is what is NLP? Uh, you know, really simply put, NLP is the study of how your mind works. So not what you're thinking, but how you're thinking. So some people think really visually, some people think in sounds or smells. So it's really the process of how you're thinking. And so if people are trying to access their subconscious or they're trying to overcome something and we can reroute the way that they're thinking, it can help them to think differently. And once you can think differently, you can see things in a new way and then things can change. So how do you help your clients in the regard of NLP? How does it come out in practical terms? Yeah, you know, it, there's a lot of different processes that we do within NLP. So it depends what my clients are working on. You know, right now I'm running a, a live class with a group um, where each week we're working on something the past, the present, or the future, and different NLP processes. So one of the things I really love about NLP is that our subconscious, it records everything. So it's a giant video recorder, right? And it records everything that's ever happened in my life. So I can actually elicit a visual timeline, and that is an NLP process to elicit a timeline. It's basically like imagining a timeline, understanding where my brain processes and how it processes time. And then I can go backwards on my timeline, almost like I'm going back in time, release negative emotions. I can go into the future and I can implant the achievement of goals. So then my subconscious, which has a future, it already has future memories, can go like mentally forward and see that that thing is going to happen and it will start to shift everything coming before it. So it'll start to shift things that I'm seeing right now. So NLP is really that process of using your mind and how it works to help leverage it in a totally new way so that you can, you can change things, you can change emotions, you can change your future, you can even change your past, which is simply a memory. Uh, anyway. Do you do this through things like meditation and visualization? Uh, you know, it is a visualization process when I'm working with somebody because most people learn visually and they access information inside their mind visually. My subconscious with me with symbols visually. That's why we have dreams, right? So it's my subconscious communicating with me. Um, so yeah, it is a visual process and, and NLP isn't necessarily like self-hypnosis or meditation, but all of those things I believe go hand in hand in working with it. I want to go back to the beginning of Betsy Paik, if you will. Uh, take us back to Betsy as a young child. What was life like growing up for you? You know, I grew up in Vermont, 
so I live in Atlanta, Georgia now, but I grew up in Vermont and um, lived there, you know, through college and then I left. But, you know, I had a really fun childhood. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and did tons of stuff with us. I like to think that she and I are really similar. She was very high-spirited, made tons of stuff, really fun. Um, and my dad worked in the community and was, you know, really well uh, implanted in the community. We did lots of things and we're very connected to where we lived. Um, I have an older sister. So really a fun growing up, lots of stuff outside and all of that good stuff. I learned, I believe, some really good beliefs about the world and about how it works at that time. How so? Well, I mean, you know, my mom tended to make everything fun, right? So if you see your parents finding the fun, even in things that were hard or stressful, it makes you be able to see the world in that way too. Um, you know, my dad really enjoyed his work. And so I never heard him complaining about work. I was really lucky in that my parents never fought about money. We weren't rich by any stretch. Um, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but they modeled some really great things for me. Um, as I got into high school and I was a junior in high school, my mom, who always liked to have fun, um, was bringing my sister, who was in college at the time, to a hockey game. I lived in Vermont, right? So hockey was a big deal. And there was a guy that went to our high school who um, was playing his very last college game. And we thought, and he did go on to the pros. So it was like a big deal, you know, to go see him. And he was playing in New York. And so my mom and my sister took off early one morning to go to that game and got in a car crash. Um, my sister was injured pretty badly and my mother died. So I was 16 and like my whole world changed. So everything that I had known, everything that I had become like to know as real in the world suddenly shifted in like the most dramatic of ways. And although I would do anything to change that, I, you know what? I don't even know that that's true. Uh, although I would love to have had my mother for my whole life, I'd love to have her now. I wouldn't change who I am because of that experience. It changed how I saw everything. It changed how I related to my peers and it changed how I saw the world in this one very important way. You'll hear people say, you only have one life or the kids will say now like YOLO. Like I knew that at a, at a palpable level. Like I knew that I could be the most wonderful person with a family and people that relied on me and I could still be gone like that. And so what really mattered, like what really mattered every day was that I felt happy, that I felt like I was doing something productive that I loved and that I was making an impact on people's lives. Now, as I kept going in my life, I wasn't sure how all of that was gonna come together but absolutely that moment and that day set me off on that journey of learning and exploring and understanding. And those were very contradictory feelings. So as a 16 year old, I was desperately sad and knowing that I could still have happy moments. So fast forward, now I'm 47. I still have bad days and I still have things that happen in my life that are unsettling or that I don't want or negative experiences. But I understand now that we are complex beings and that I can have 
sadness or confusion or frustration and I can still be happy. Two totally, typically different things. People usually go, well, I can't be happy because I'm grieving or I can't be happy because, you know, my, my daughter is, is struggling or I can't be happy because my relationship's not good. No, two totally separate things. And so I think that set me off on this, you know, this path of really exploring that and what all of that meant to me. Mm. Thank you, by the way, for sharing all of that. And uh, there's so much beauty in that story, which even saying that phrase sounds like on the surface, that contradiction, you know, the mm -hmm. beauty in the story, given the topic of the story. Uh, as a, like I've said, as a newish father, and at this very point in my life where I am just on the other side of decades paralyzed and living in fear, getting everything I want, which was next to nothing, because that's what I felt like I was only capable of achieving. Now that I have, you know, a, a much healthier version of myself, and I have two adoring children, in that regard, to put it bluntly, what I'm very aware of now, and I've always been aware of that, my goodness, this life is all too short. No matter how long we are here, it's, it's come and gone in the blink of an eye. And what helps me sort of do the best that I can, again, to put it bluntly, especially when I'm interacting with my family and my children, I, in every moment, on some level, think if I were to drop dead in the next few minutes, which really is, is a possibility for any of us at any time, and I'm aware of that. So if I think that, if I were to drop dead in the next few minutes, would I be okay with how these past few moments played out? And that alone allows me to just do my best, give my best, and be my best in every present moment. Yeah, I love that. So that is so important to be aware. So when people come to me and they're like, I need to make a change, the very first thing I would say is just become aware. Be, be aware of what you're thinking. You know, sometimes people say like, I'm so sad or I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, really, are you sad? Are you frustrated? Because everything that comes after I am is how your whole self behaves. So, or are you like a human being having a feeling that is frustration? <laughs> Are you a human being or a piece of consciousness or whatever you want to call it that is having a feeling that is sad? And when you can separate that and realize that it's the thoughts that are causing the chemical reaction. If I change my thoughts, I'll have a different chemical reaction, which will give me a totally different feeling in my body, right? So becoming aware and owning that, being like, you know what? Sometimes I still cry about my mom. And I say, like, I am going to, I'm going to have that moment where I'm going to own it. These are my thoughts. And I'm going to just bawl my head out off and just be okay with that. Get the emotion out. And then I can choose a different thought. Then I can choose to see it in a different way. One of the most powerful things that people can do starting right off. So tomorrow morning, when you wake up, you know, I talked about when you're a little kid, you're in those different brainwave states. Those are the same brainwave states you're in when you go to sleep and also when you wake up first thing in the morning. So 
when you want to tell your subconscious, you want to open that window, those are like the magical window hours. So talk to your subconscious directly and tell it exactly what you want. So people think like the universe or God is choosing, I hope God is nice to me today or whatever that is. That universal source, God energy connects, I believe, with your subconscious. If you can, your consciousness can tell your subconscious exactly what you want, it will run like a computer program and show you the options. So at night and in the morning, I first thing in the morning when my alarm goes off, the first thing I say, like now just on a habit, first thing, today is going to be so magical. Oh my gosh, I can't even wait. I'm going to get up. And I, then I go through my day really quickly in my mind, bringing my kid to school. It's going to be awesome. We're going to laugh and have fun. We're going to pick up some iced coffee and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to like feel really organized. I'm going to have time to feed my brain and I'm going to learn so many new things. And then as I go throughout my day, I'm going to affect people and serve in a way that I've never felt like I could serve before. And when my husband comes home, I'm going to be present and aware and I'm going to look at him in the eye and make sure he understands the gratitude that I feel for him. And we're all going to eat together and my kid is going to do her homework and life's going to be good. And I'm going to have some time to myself and go to bed and sleep the best sleep I could. So how long did that take? Like 20 seconds? but I'm telling my subconscious exactly what's going to happen. Otherwise, what's my subconscious doing? It's just rerunning a program of exactly what happened some other day that may have been a bad day. <laughs> mm. So become aware and choose in the morning to tell your subconscious what's going to happen. Absolutely amazing. And I know that like you said, 20, 30 seconds tops to do it. And I can already hear or feel some resistance for people thinking, well, no, 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 because my days are never like that. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Oh God. If somebody said that to me, I would be so excited because I could totally dig into that. And you know what? You can do this as you're walking to the bathroom, do this as you're brushing your teeth. Like it doesn't have to take any time but it's changing the thoughts you're having now because you're already having thoughts. You're already doing this. You're just doing it in a different way. Mm, I know. I love that you said you can uh, dig into them. So if you don't mind, dig into them, dig into me. I say, you know what? I, 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 I can't. I know my life is not. I'm just going to be fooling myself. My children are a pain. I, my bills aren't paid. I hate my job. Yeah. I would say, when did you decide to do all that? Love it. Yeah. That when did you decide? Because you made a decision and you know what? Sometimes if I'm working with somebody and we have a really good rapport and they trust me, they'll say, uh, I was probably 20. Like they'll know, they will know when they decided that. And so then I'll say, but is it true? Yeah, it's true. I always have crappy days. Really? Have you ever had one good day? Think right now. Have you ever had one good day? Yeah. I mean, yes. Okay. So it's not true. Then all of a sudden that is unrooted from your subconscious. That is the grooves in the record. All of a sudden it's been shifted to a new groove, groove as simple as that. So it's constant questioning. Right. And the people who, and believe me, I was there for four decades. Uh, you want to hold on to this identity and say, nope, never works out for me. Nobody likes me. I can't do anything right. And you tell yourself, 
as a choice. Like you said, when did you choose that? When did you decide that? We are making that conscious, deliberate or subconscious, deliberate choice and decision to play that and own that role. Yeah. And you know what? If you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. It's okay. That's why you're listening. That's why you're here today because you were supposed to hear this. This was your sign that you were ready to start making changes and think of things differently. There is no shame in that game. Like that's what everybody does. And that's what we've been taught. And frankly, schools don't teach you anything different. I go into the schools sometime here, although my teenager does not like that, but because I want to talk to the kids because I want them to know now, like you can change the way you see things. Here's the thing. Your consciousness can only handle about 126 bits of information a second. So my unconscious, my subconscious can handle like five, four or five billion bits. So here's what 126 bits is. It's about seven plus or minus two chunks of information. So let's say if you're listening and you are heading out the door and you're like, I have I have to get to work on time. There's a chunk that's in your brain, right? I got to pick up my friend for lunch. I can't forget that. I got to make sure I set the timer. My, my dog has to go to the vet. I, today, I also need to call and get a dentist appointment for my kids. I really want to eat healthy. I want to start changing the way I eat. Do you see where all of a sudden now I'm at seven chunks? So when something happens like, oh, I want to change something really big about my life, my, my brain has to let something else go. But my subconscious can hold 4 billion bits. So it sees everything and it knows everything that I've experienced. So let's say I want to lose weight. And that was one of my things. I want to start being healthier and losing weight. When I go out to lunch with my friend, I pick a thing on the menu that I've probably always picked. In fact, if you've been to that restaurant before, you're probably not even, wait for it, you're probably not even really reading the menu. You're going off of a memory. Your brain goes, we've seen this before. I already know I get the hamburger. But if I have told my subconscious, I am a healthy person who makes healthy choices. Now, when I look at the menu, my subconscious that can see more than seven chunks of information, all of a sudden notices they have a new salad menu or notices that there's something else that actually looks really appetizing. So the environment won't matter to me because who I am has changed and who I am is a person that makes healthy choices. So my brain starts scanning for things like that because it can absorb everything. So when I work with my subconscious, I'm opening up a whole new world because I'm seeing things that may have been there before, but I just wasn't able to actually see. Absolutely genius. You said something that if somebody's listening and they say, oh my goodness, that's me. You say, no shame in that. This is, this is a sign. This is, you know, you're hearing this for a reason. You, you live in that truth, right? That, that there are signs all around us. And is that all connected to the subconscious? Talk to us about that. Yeah. You know, I, believe that there are no coincidences. I believe that our subconscious directly connects with source energy, the universe, God, whatever it is that you like to call it. I like to call it the universe. Um, and I believe that that force 
is it wants us to have whatever it is that we want. And I, by that, I mean, if you want the Jaguar, like that's fine. But also if you want to have an impact on people, like it wants you to have anything. If it wants you to, if you want to have a close relationship with people, it wants that for you. If you want to hate your body, it wants that for you because it wants what you want. So as I open up my subconscious and I start directing it and telling it what I want, I totally believe that we'll start to notice things. And those things are clues that it wants what we want. It's clues that we're not alone in this. We are an energy source and we're not alone. I have a really good story for you. Do you want to hear it? Please. So, um, you know, my mom died when I was 16. Her name was, Car Her name was Carol. So uh, about three weeks ago, I went to a seminar. It was a three-day seminar. And it was, I had to drive into Atlanta. You know, the traffic here is crazy. I got home. I was so pooped every night. And on the final night when I got home, it was a Sunday night. And I got home and I threw myself on the bed. My daughter came in and like laid there with me. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get out of these clothes, but I'm so tired. And I looked at her and I said, these are the moments where I miss my mom. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, it's funny, like the moments that come. And it's when, like, you know, sometimes you just need your mom. And I said, if my mom was here, I would text her and have her bring me some groceries because I don't want to go grocery shopping. We laughed about that because I never have texted my mom. You know, we didn't have cell phones back then. And so, she said, you should do the, the um, online shopping thing. And I was like, oh, go get my computer. She brought my computer to me and we went on Instacart and ordered groceries. So in the morning, my groceries came and I get, you know, if you've ever used Instacart, somebody actually goes out and like shops for you and then brings them to your house. So I got a text message and it said, Carol is delivering your groceries now. They'll be there shortly. And not for one second did I think that that was a coincidence. I knew, I knew that that was the energy of my mother saying, I see you. It's okay. You're doing the right things. Keep going. Let me bring you your groceries. <laughs> and so that woman wondered why I gave her such a huge tip. But I believe that the universe starts to speak to us. And I could tell you story after story after story like that, not because it happens to me more than it happens to other people, but because I'm aware. And when you open your awareness, you see it everywhere. I'm, I'm teared up and choked up that story. Wow. Wow. You, you say that that's available to all of us just by being aware what does that look like and how do we begin to become aware? You know, I, one thing I would do is just pick, pick a sign, you know, say like uh, this week universe, I would like you to show me um, rabbits or I would like, I, I had a thing for a while was sunflowers and I live outside Atlanta. So it's not like there's sunflowers around, but I would see sunflowers on, um, I would see sunflowers on a back of a car bumper. I would see it. I mean, somebody emailed me once that was going to be on the show and they're like, I've changed my email address. It's now, it had sunflower in it at Gmail, whatever it was. I, I mean, it, you'll start to see stuff. So just pick it and tell the universe, just say it out loud. You know what? Subconscious universe. I want you to start showing me this and I'm, then I'll know that you're real and I'll know that you hear me. And sometimes it's something as simple as that to say, you know what, like, 
that gives me hope. It gives me the moment of courage when I want to do something that I didn't dare to do before. And now I see that and I go, wait a second, maybe there's something to this. I really do have something working in my favor. It's okay for me to take that leap. It's okay for me to go outside my comfort zone. So I think that those signs can be so powerful. I want to backtrack uh, through high school and beyond to really see how you got to this magnificent place where you are today. In high school, what did you, what were you looking to be when you graduated? You know, that's a good question. I went to college and got my degree in psychology, and that was always really interesting to me. Um, when I was little, I used to play teacher. As I look back at my life, I always was a teacher, but I started my college career going and, and at the university I went to, they had actually, they had you go into a school like your freshman year, I think it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like I just knew that wasn't for me, but it's interesting because now that's what I consider myself is a teacher. I teach really. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, I went to college, I did all the things that you were supposed to do right? You know how you're supposed to do this and then you're supposed to do that. And like for the most part, those are the kinds of things that I did. Um, but I think my journey, like a lot of people, you know, I never, I always felt like there was something more, like there was something I wasn't seeing or something different, but I also had a journey, you know, I had to work through a lot of stuff. Um, you know, my, my father got remarried pretty quickly after my mom died. And that was very like stressful and not, you know, I went from having this pretty idealistic life and family situation to having something that seemed very disjointed and, um, I didn't feel very connected. And so I had a really hard, my twenties were very difficult, you know? Um, but here's what I know is that if they had been easy, if all of that went perfectly, I wouldn't have had to search within. My outsides would have been so great that I would have been just like, this is great. Why would I ever have to go within? And so as I got into my 30s and you know, now I'm, I'm 47, I would probably say in the last seven years is where it got really intense for me in terms of diving in deep and unearthing a lot of things and, um, and being okay with all the emotions, you know? Um, my daughter was sick and she's much better now, but she was sick. And I had a rule that if I felt any emotion, I was going to just let it out. I didn't want it to get stuck inside my body. And so, um, I would, I would, you know, I'm a weightlifter and I was in my garage one day and all of a sudden I just felt like crying. So I just put the barbell on the ground and I sat on the ground and bawled my head off. My neighbor was walking her dog and she walked by and here I am bawling my head off with a barbell on my lap. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm just having the feelings. And she knew and she was like, okay, you keep going, Betsy. But I let all the emotions out. I never would have gotten to that point, you know, if I hadn't suffered, if I hadn't like suffered and like had to deal with stuff. So now, uh, it brought me to a place where I understand I want to help people. I'm here to serve. I think we're here for two reasons. One is to grow and one is to help other people grow. And that is why I always share my stories, even though some people are like, why are you telling that story? I'm like, because somebody will grow from it. Like I'm a human being. I have, my daughter said to me in the car the other day, you cry a lot. 
And I said, really, do I cry a lot? And she was like, yeah, like every day you cry, you, you know, you cried about 9-11, you cried about, and I'm like, oh, those are just emotion. Like, that's just emotion. Like, I also laugh a ton. You know what I mean? Like I, any emotion, I'm good with it. I like all the emotions. I think that's why we're here to have all the emotions. So I don't know if that answered your question. I got a little. <laughs> of course it did. It absolutely did. You are a certified happiness coach. What in the world is that? I know. Isn't that funny? My husband always says, that's not a real thing. It is a thing. You know what? I think that the certified happiness coach is so tied in with NLP, but it's really about our layers and how to get to different layers inside ourselves. It's another tool that I use. You know, I like to have lots of different tools when I'm working with people because people are coming from all different places and their belief systems about what works and what doesn't work is all different. Um, I'm a constant learner. It's one, I, I dedicate time every morning to learning something. And so, you know, I like to be able to share that. So I have, I feel like I have a lot of certifications and stuff because I just like to learn. So yeah, so the happiness coach is really just about seeing that world a little bit differently and, and, and realizing that, you know, life doesn't have to be perfect to be happy. Hmm. What advice looking back would you give your younger self? Mm, that's a good question. My younger self would be, what advice would I give my younger self? To keep going and keep being aware, not to be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you're coming up against. Work through it. So I think I spent a lot of time early on going around feelings because what do we do? We say like feelings are good or bad, right? So I'm having bad feelings or like I was missing my mom and that's bad. But now I call that comfortable or uncomfortable. It's not bad. It's just uncomfortable. So I would say that to myself. Stop going around the feelings and go through them. I would have been at this spot <laughs> 10 years earlier if I had gone through instead of around. But now to connect to the unfortunate situation, losing your mom uh, when you were 16, it seems like you you turned that into the best possible scenario. Yeah, I feel like I did. Yeah, it, it was not easy. It wasn't something that was simple or quick. But when I allowed myself to look at it, instead of ignoring it because it was uncomfortable, is when things began to change rapidly for me. So if somebody's listening and they have something in their life, and here's how you'll know. I would be driving my car, I would be in the shower, or I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be feeling really, um, really sad about my mom or really angry about something with my dad, right? Which who knows if he deserved that or not. Like probably not, but you know, like that's, our, my subconscious wants me, it wants to connect the dots. It wants to have a full circle. And if I have not resolved something, when my brain is at a lull, like when I'm driving or in the shower or sleeping, it will present it to me and say, hey, do you want to deal with that? And I had said no for, you know, 15 years or 20 years. And so when I finally said, yes, I do, I want to deal with that. That's when things started to shift. So if you're 
listening and you're like, my life isn't how I want, but I don't know what I, I don't know what to do. Notice what is coming up for you and process that. So I do this now on a, a turbo scale, I would say. Um, for example, yesterday, I, um, I, I was super tired and I had to do a class yesterday evening. And so at like 10 o'clock in the morning, I was like, I'm going to just lay down for 30 minutes because I'm so tired. And I feel like that's a gift, right? To be able to say, I have created a schedule where that's possible. But I said, self subconscious, you're not going to get to rest. I know you don't rest anyway. And so when I wake up, I would like you to just present something to me that I need to work through, something that I could solve today. And um, about two years ago, I wrote a book. There was a woman that was I interviewed for my book, and um, she was awesome. And the book came out, and I talked to her for a minute. But I never really went back and said, thank you for being in the book and, and sharing yourself with me. Like, I never finished that circle. My daughter had gotten sick around that time. Like, I had my reasons, but I never really went back and appreciated. When I woke up, that's the first thing I thought of. And so I went right to my email and sent her a message and just said, I want to acknowledge that. I know that was two years ago and it's bothered me that I haven't done that, but it brought it to me. Now, the weird thing was that once I did that, I started getting all of these new ideas for a book. And I have been saying for months, I want to write another book. There's something else in me. I started getting all these ideas. My subconscious wanted me to finish that first before it gave me something new. Mm. I, I, I love that, love that, love that. What mantra do you live by today? You have some good questions. Um, my mantra, what is something that I say to myself? I have little things that I say to myself a lot. Um, every morning I usually write down a little affirmation and I put it on my, um, on my computer I think the worthiness is big for me, like you're like that I'm worthy of sharing my story and serving others. Like I'm big enough to be able to serve others. I think for a long time, I thought that, um, you know, my story wasn't good enough or I wasn't good enough. And that's just such a lie. All of you that are listening, if you have that, it's a lie. You absolutely, any part of your story, it doesn't matter if your mom died or not. <laughs> like, you know, like you have something, a struggle or something you went through that you could help somebody else. So that would be the thing. You're worthy. All the things that you want, you're totally worthy. Yeah. So I, I can so relate to that because, you know, for, for most of my, my life, I felt and lived in that not worthy feeling state. And now it's like, you know, come on, we're going to be, we're going to be long gone in, in, in a minute. And, you know, why? Why live in any sort of that state? It just, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you know what? We came here. We, we I believe we chose to come here so that we could have this experience. We wanted the ups. We wanted that happiness. We wanted to see the sunrise. And we wanted the crap. We wanted to feel this wide range of emotions. So if you're dulling the lows, you're dulling the highs too, and you're preventing yourself from having this full experience that you signed up for. When we go back, when we go back home, and then we decide to come back again, I believe that our souls and our spirits want to learn things and they can learn things on a physical plane. And that's why we choose to come here. But 
if I don't want to waste, like I chose to have this adventure. So now when something bad happens, I go, whoa, this is quite the adventure you chose. Like, how did we decide this? When my daughter was sick, I said to her, you know what? And, and it was hard and we were struggling. I said to her, you and I decided to go through this together. And so we can't back down. We have to do it together because we made a pact. So we were meant to learn something, each of us from this. So let's do it. Like, let's get through this. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so it changed everything when we started seeing things that way. You began to touch upon this, but I want to hear your response. What do you believe happens when it's all over? Well, I don't think it's all over. I think that our bodies, we leave our bodies um, and then we are energy, right? So that's proven that we are energy and we are a vibration and energy can't be destroyed. And so um, I believe that we come here to learn things. And when our physical bodies die, we go back (laughs) and then we make decisions about where else, what else we need to learn. You know, what, what did we need to learn in this life? Did we learn it? And then where can I go to learn more? And that's when we decide, I believe, to come back down in another place, another family. And I know that seems really, a lot of people that makes them very uncomfortable. And they're like, why would anybody choose to come down in a starving country? Or why would anybody choose, you know, that's hard for people. And deserving is a totally different thing. I didn't deserve to have my mom die, but I believe that I chose this life so that I could experience that and work through it and help somebody else. I, I think that's our purpose. So I think that's what we do is we get absorbed, we figure it out, we come back down, figure it out, learn some more, <laughs> go back. So do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Um, yes, and not the reason that we think. So the cool thing is I think everything happens for a reason. The great news is we get to decide what that reason is because we have free will. Hmm. Are you spiritual or religious in, in any way today? And in, in what ways? Yeah. So I, I consider myself highly spiritual. I grew up and um, my daughter is gay. And so the church had said some things to us that we didn't agree with. And it was such a blessing because it made us instead of just listen to what somebody else was telling us, it made us go inward and decide what we really thought. And I think today I'm a thousand times more connected to source than I would have been if I just, not that church is bad, like that works for some people, I get that. But for me, being having that moment where I'm like, uh, that's not right, made me be able to go, wait a second, what do I really think? It's so highly spiritual highly spiritual. And I see us, like I walk, well, of course my daughter says I cry all the time, but I will get teary walking like through the grocery store sometime. (laughs) So maybe I am emotional, but I'll get teary. And because I believe like, um, like, you know, when you're at the beach and the sun's rays are coming down, the rays are part of the sun. Or if I look at a tree and there's all these branches, the branches aren't separate from the tree, right? They're just like the branches. So when I look at people, that's how I feel. Like they're all part of this one source thing that I am a part of. And I feel like I I just want to send 
like love and light. And I walk around and I send blessings to people as I walk around the grocery store. I mean, I, I know that sounds probably kind of hokey to people, but I just, I, I send people light and love as I walk around and it makes me feel better. And I truly believe that we're all connected. Even, even the people that I don't like, they're here to teach me something. What a magnificent heart you have. What, and, and, and like everything you stand for today, from my point of view, seems ideal and just extraordinary. What do you see as the, as the next three to five chapters of your life? In terms of like my growth, my spiritual growth or my business or what? All of it. Where are you going to be? Um, you know, well, I have some definite goals and dreams for my business. One of the things, and this is how I define it. So with my business, everything that I make for my business, 10% goes to a organization called one for another that it, it takes kids in Uganda that have club foot and they provide the surgery and all of the, all the follow-up stuff so that the kids get their club foot fixed. So, you know, in the United States, if you have club foot, you get it fixed. It's no big deal. But in a third world country, if you have that, it's a death sentence. I mean, many times you get ostracized from the tribe, you know, from your community and you're a beggar. And so um, this month alone, we helped three kids. We paid for all their surgery, all the follow-up appointments. Um, And so for me, when I look forward into my life and I think what else, I think, how could I do that bigger? How could that happen on a bigger scale? Like I, when I visualize my business at night, it is a, having a party in Uganda with all these kids where I can hug them all at once. Like I have this like idea, but that's also 10% of what I make. So that means there would be abundance for my family too. You know, that would means there would be abundance for other organizations if I wanted to help. Um, and, And so like when I look at that, I think, how could I be bigger? Now, the other thing for me personally is I think, how can I expand to see something I'm not seeing? How could I, how could my life serve somebody else in a different way? So, you know, I want to serve my family and I want to serve my daughter and all of my friends. So those things are all very important to me, but also how can my, how can, how can I feel myself expand to include something that I haven't even thought of yet? So when I look at my future, I think of like this great expansive unknown that is waiting to really be revealed to me. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to know what it is, <laughs> but it's always, it's going to be something. One of my big fun things I think of for my business is to have a retreat. Like I want to have a retreat where people come together and we can do these processes in real time and experience something. I have this idea. It's called consciousness retreats. Um, I was in a meditation one day and I heard, this is a weird thing, but I heard by consciousnessretreats.com. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I got up and like, I go to the computer, like I'm half like bedhead, you know, like uh, I bought consciousnessretreats.com. But all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Like if we could have, ha- having a retreat from your life gives you a totally different view of your life, right? And volunteering gives you a totally different view of your life. So what if I brought people together? We volunteered someplace. Like maybe in the United States, maybe abroad, wherever, where we felt like we were connecting with people and just being there, you know? 
And then we went to someplace beautiful that inspired us and we worked on ourselves because you would see yourself totally different than you would have two days prior. So that is my big dream. I have goosebumps. So I, I really would like to do that sometime in the spring. That's sort of my big goal. In the spring, my goodness, Betsy, please put me on that wait list. <laughs> I am so serious. Put me on that wait list. I want in on consciousnessretreats.com. But seriously, <laughs> I do best $10 investment ever. Right. <laughs> uh, but, I, but, but seriously, I want in on that retreat. My goodness, that sounds, I love that. Like I just thought when you said it, I was like, yeah, great. Like I know what a business or spiritual retreat might look like, but then you threw the curveball and said, no, we're gonna all volunteer and do something. I'm like, yes. Please, good for you. I love it. I'm so serious on that list. Um, yeah, cool. I, thank you. I will leave you with this final question. Betsy Paik, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, you have such good questions. I would like to be remembered as somebody that inspired and served and lived a big life. Done. Wow. Powerful. My goodness. Better than I could have hoped for going into it, thinking it was just about the mind. How silly of me to think it was going to remain <laughs> there. But I guess that's the point of the mind now that I say it, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you had me. Thank you so much. This was fun. And thanks for, you know, allowing the space for me to really share who I am. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for opening up, sharing yourself, sharing it all for us. And thank you, everybody whose ears are attached to this audio. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found a little nugget of, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, that's me. I can do that. If you found something you grabbed onto, please put it into action because nothing happens just keeping it to yourself. Go make as much of a difference and an impact as you can. We have more coming right around the corner. You know that until we do. I appreciate you. Go get it. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>